Hey there, you're listening to the Empowered Parent Podcast, a podcast where we empower you to be a more positive, educated, and present parent. We're your hosts, McKenna and Jake Irwin, and welcome to today's episode. In today's episode, we'll be talking about some different biblical truths about parenting. We have compiled a list of five Bible verses that we think can give us some insight into how to parent in today's world. The first Bible verse that we're going to talk about today is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 11, and the version that I'm reading is the NIV version, and it says, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And along with the NIV, we wanted to include a more modern translation uh, since we are talking about more modern parenting. So we're also, with every verse, going to include uh, a version from the message. And it says, At the time, discipline isn't much fun. It always feels like it's going against the grain. Later, of course, it pays off handsomely, for it is the well-trained who find themselves mature in their relationship with God. So the first part of this verse talks about how Discipline isn't fun. It's not um, something that I look forward to every day is disciplining my children. And I know that it's not something they look forward to me doing, obviously, because that means that they think they're getting in trouble all the time. But um, discipline is something that I think needs to happen. It can look different from for everyone and it looks different for all children. But it's something that I think needs to be present or we won't be setting ourselves up for success as a parent. Yeah, and like you said, uh, it does. It looks different for everyone. Uh, we have six kids, and even within our home, discipline looks different for every child. Uh, like for an example would be, our, we have a six-year-old who, she's more headstrong. Uh, she takes a more assertive, aggressive almost type tone, tone to get her to listen to you. She won't respond if you just calmly talk to her. Not not saying that we yell and scream at her. That's not what we do. But you have to have a more, like, authoritative tone for her, uh, for her to respond. Uh, we have a nine-year-old and a four-year-old who are more sensitive children that if you take a more aggressive, assertive tone, they would shut down. They need a more calm, gentle tone to explain to them or you're not going to get anywhere. Um, yeah, so it it looks different for every family, but then within that, it can also look different for the different children based upon what their personality is like, how they respond to you as your parent, what your relationship with them is like, so on and so forth. Um, so, for example, our six-year-old, like Jake said, she is more um, more aggressive. She can be aggressive sometimes, but she definitely has to be um, disciplined with a more stern in a more stern style than some of our other kids will. And um, two days ago, about two days ago, we had an incident where she tried to take discipline into her own hands. She, uh, we have two-year-old twins, and uh, they were doing something that they probably weren't supposed to back in their playroom. And uh, she decided to take it upon herself to uh, be the disciplinarian. And she decided that she wanted to spank her younger yes, sibling. Which, not to say we're... <laughs> perfect and that we've never spanked but we really try to avoid spanking as a a form of punishment yeah um so Payson our eight-year-old came up and said that Ramsey had tried to do that so he got her up here and I made her sit on the couch and I tried to get out of her what had happened and tried to get her side of the story and then I explained to her that 
she is not the person that's supposed to discipline. It's me and her dad that's supposed to discipline. And I kind of explained to her what she should have done in that situation. And then I made her sit there for 10 minutes and think about what had happened in that situation. So her consequence was that she could not go back and play with her siblings. She had to sit still for 10 minutes and think about what had happened. The 10 minutes passed. And I went back and I said, Ramsey, do you want to explain to me what you think happened? And she said, uh, I don't know. So I said, okay, well, you can sit here for another five minutes so that you can really think about what happened in this situation. And with Ramsey, she really has to take time to sit still because she is very energy. She has a lot of energy. She's all over the place. If she's not made, she's like me, if she's not made to sit still and think about something, she might just dismiss it. You know, she might not think about it the complete way that she needed to. So for her, making her sit still is also kind of a punishment because she does not like to sit still. She wants to be able to go do all the things that she wants to do. So she had to sit still for another five minutes, and then I came back, and she was able to explain to me a little better how instead of spanking her brother, she should have left the situation and come to myself or Jake and explain to us what's going on so that we could discipline and assess the situation. And I think after that, she was able to calmly talk to me too, whereas at the beginning, it was, you're, you're a mean mommy. mommy. And that is something that I have been hearing a lot, and it hurts my feelings. <laughs> because she always says, you're such a mean mommy. I don't always say that, but she says it a lot more when she's angry that I'm a mean mommy, and she doesn't like me right now, and I'm being so mean to her. And Jake explained to her that I'm... She's not being mean. She's being a disciplinarian. I'm parenting you. I'm, I'm trying to teach you. you that you can't spank your brother on the neck <laughs> or where, wherever it was. So hearing that I'm a mean mommy makes me upset because I, I tend to be the a little bit more structured disciplinarian in our home, mm -hmm. the more strict parent. So sometimes I do feel like I'm being a mean mommy, but I also realize that disciplining our children is discipline is not always negative. It does yeah. not always have to have a negative connotation. Yeah, when I, like when you think of spanking, I think of the old school, like like today the kids had, they found, a, I don't even know where it came from. It was like a gigantic stick from something. And one of our twins had it and was trying to hit someone. So I had to take it. And I made a joke about how back in the old day, I could just use this and just spank you, you know? And I kind of was joking about it. And they started laughing. They're like, they didn't really do that. I'm like, oh yes, people yes, really did. did that. Like my nanny and Paul did that, you know? So that kind of is what people think of, I think, when they think of discipline. They yeah. think of the the, the immediately go-to spanking or yeah. screaming or yelling. Yeah. And in today's day and age, there's a lot of emphasis on not doing that and doing the mm -hmm. opposite. So I think that discipline can look different for a lot of families. And obviously, if, if you choose to spank and do those things in your home, that's obviously up to you as your choice as a parent. But it doesn't work for us in all cases. Yeah, and it doesn't. And I think it doesn't work in most cases because, yeah, I mean, it doesn't, I it's agree. not teaching any sort of lesson, like, kind of like, being like, you get, hit, like sitting down and thinking to that, that teaches her to self-discipline and self-regulate your emotions yes, and having to think, yeah. At the end of the day, when you're an adult, there's, you can't just many, go around hitting people. Well, there's not many people that can discipline you as an adult. Yeah, you have to do it yourself, yeah. Other than, like, me, I mean, your boss at work, but that's, work, that's a different police, situation. But, like, that, that's a completely different situation. Yeah. So, this when you realize you mess up as a to yeah teach you to self-discipline yourself as an older person mm -hmm. and this bible verse that we are talking about that comes from this says that it, it's not fun at the beginning but 
It pays off handsomely. Pays off handsomely. And especially if you come a, come a, come with it like a Christ-like thought, you know, or you're coming coming with discipline in a, this is for your good. This is because we love you, not because we're mad at you, not because we think you screwed up. You know, most of the time when we're disciplining our kids, we always say, like, we're not mad at you. We're frustrated in this situation. Um, today, I, I raised my voice too much in my older son. And we, like Jake just said, he is very sensitive. And I could notice that he was, I was very frustrated at something else. And I just took it out on him sometimes, you know. And I explained to him, I could see his, him starting to tear up a little bit. And I had to, I had to step back and I had to take some breaths and realize that I needed to apologize. So I apologized to him. I said, I'm sorry that I raised my voice at you. I shouldn't have done that. You know, but this is what we need to do for now. So those two types of discipline systems are completely different. And they're going to be different for a lot of different families and homes. But if you can come with it from the attitude of, we love you. This is for your good. This is so that we can all have a better relationship. And we're not trying to be mean mommies and daddies. Mm -hmm. We're trying to show you that we love you in a way that also teaches you that you can't go around hitting people in the face with a stick. Yeah. So the next verse we're going to talk about is Proverbs 22.6. Uh, it says in the NIV version, start children off on the way they should go, and even when they're old, they will not turn from it. And the message version is very similar, but it says, point your kids in the right direction. When they're old, they will not be lost. Uh, so pretty much what my first take when reading this without uh, diving or reading too deep into it is that it's hard to unteach bad habits. When you let bad behavior go for a period of time, it's harder to correct on the back end than it is to establish good habits early on in life. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people take this Bible verse and they they point to it in a Christian and biblical perspective from the fact that if you start your kids off in church, when they're older, they'll come back to church. Which I mean, And yes, you can yeah, definitely... It definitely fits that as You well. can take it in that way because like Jake and I both were raised in church and we didn't always go to church. We didn't always have a Christian perspective on things, no. but now we're back to it. So that that is true. Mm -hmm. But what we get from this at the current stage in our parenting journey, or you know, mm -hmm. is that if you start, like Jake said, if you start off with a habit and that's how you started off, mm -hmm. it's easy to keep that habit going. Whereas backtracking on a habit that you that's not necessarily positive and making and correcting it is a lot harder. Yeah. So a good example of this is what. Screen time. I mean, oh goodness, uh, the amount of screen time talks we could have. Yes, I'm sure this is <laughs> hot topic. All, probably all of you right now are like, yes, screen yep. time. What? My how do we correct screen time? Well. Yep. So we're actually working through that now. Uh, we're having, and so we have this. The main reason that we say we're struggling with this is because we homeschool, and for a good bit of time, I was using screens to babysit my to two-year-olds because if you know anything about toddlers they are a handful but when you have two of them and you're trying to teach and you're trying to teach them and trying to teach other children while they are literally destroying the house behind you sometimes you lose it a little bit and you just want to put them in front of a tablet and let them be they you know be babysat by that and i do use utilize tablets some for that yes i will not lie we do use tablets for that some but it was a lot worse. So I'm trying to correct the habit. It is a lot harder to correct the habit if I would have just started and never done it. Yeah, if we just maybe took a little more time to maybe set a better habit in place initially than the screen time. 
it would it would it would have been a lot easier than trying to break this habit mm-hmm. that they have. Another example of the screen time thing is, um, we do have errands that we have to run. I mean, I own business. We have two businesses from home. We do a lot of activities. We have to take our older kids to their mom's house. We have to go to dentist appointments and things like that. So for the longest time, every single time we left the house, I would pack tablets in the bag and they'll be charged. And I would give them out every single time we're in the car. Well, I don't do that anymore because it got to the point that every single time we got in the car, even if it was just to go down the street to Dollar General, my kids asked if they could watch a tablet. And I got very tired of that and I realized, what am I doing? So... <laughs> And this is not to say that tablets. No, are this is we bad. have tablets. All we, of our kids still, have tablets. We, we still use tablets now. It just it's when it gets to the point where it was too much. It's too much where all they want to do is watch their tablet, play their game, and yeah. not read a book mm-hmm. or play, play outside, with each other. Or play with each other. That it began to be a problem when it it started to kind of control and dictate what they wanted to do and affected their behavior too. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So the fact that we're having to go back and fix this bad habit that we created, whereas if we would have just maybe listened to Proverbs 22, 6 and started it off the way that we should have gone, then it would have continued in that manner and not gone backwards, if that makes sense. Because, I mean, it's super hard not to get to establish bad habits because a lot of times the bad habits are the easy habits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I had bad habits I have bad habits with my phone. I have bad habits with not doing things I'm supposed to do. But I find that the more that you try to correct those bad habits, if you just keep it up, it says it takes how many days to to break a bad habit or how many days to start a new habit. It's 30 days. Okay, so 30 days, that's a long, that's a month. Yeah. That seems like a long yeah. time. But if you can just do it for that long, then it becomes like second nature and you're able to either establish the habit or break a bad habit. Yeah. So from this verse, we got that. If we uh, we need to start them off the correct way, that way it can continue the correct way. And then when they're older, they can look back and remember that's how it was when I was little. Yeah. And that can be taken in lots of different ways. So really you could take it and apply it probably to something you're going through right now with your kids. And it could be taken and you could use, and that's how a lot of Bible verses are, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Our third verse for tonight's podcast is um, from Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 through 9. And the NIV translation of this says, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at your home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And the message translation reads, Write these commandments that I've given you today on your hearts. Get them inside of you. And then get them inside of your children. Talk about them wherever you are, sitting at home or walking in the street. Talk about them from the time you get up in the morning to when you fall into bed at night. Tie them on your hands and foreheads as a reminder. Inscribe them on the doorposts of your homes and on your city gates. Okay, so what is your initial takeaway? From this verse. Uh, that uh, leading by example, setting a good example of behavior for your children to mimic. So pretty much you walk the walk, you talk the talk, not do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, like you want to pretty much, if you ask your child to do something, or it's kind of like as a leader, I think this is a like, yeah. you're not going to ask somebody to do something that you wouldn't do yourself. Yeah. Okay, so if you tell your child this is, you know, 
I want you to eat this off of the floor. Okay, that's a bad example, but right. well, would you do that? I mean, you know, like a better example would be like <laughs> something off the floor. I yeah, well, I mean, maybe like <laughs> you've got to eat your vegetables when all you eat is chicken nuggets. Yes, that's like, a good example. Like if all you're eating is fast food, but then you don't let your kids eat fast food, and then you make them eat broccoli and just yeah. broccoli, they're gonna be like, uh, that doesn't make much sense. Like one example would be like not to say that this was bad, but like Easter. And it's probably a good thing that she was doing it, looking back at it, but I had a friend of mine whose mom, like, we weren't allowed to have sodas over there, maybe, mm-hmm. like, one, but, like, all she drank was Dr. Pepper all day long. Hey, are you talking about me? I mean, <laughs> no. Hey, I do have some sugar-free drinks in there for the kids. Yes. That they do have, so, yes, but that's right. If you're, she's saying you cannot have a soda at all, but then all she's drinking is sodas, that doesn't make much sense. And it definitely doesn't make sense to a child. Yeah, like... Because I mean, they're thinking about things is, in a literal bad, perspective. And then you're doing it, why, why, why is it Why bad? are you doing it? Or like, yeah. So, um, walking the walk, talking the talk, it will impress things upon your children. Also, he says, when you wake up in the morning and when you lie down at night... Think about these things. Talk about them wherever you are. Um, so that makes me think of pretty much spending time with God yeah. and talking about these things in the morning, talking about them at night, maybe saying your prayers in the morning, saying your prayers at night, mm-hmm. starting off on a good note with God and then ending on a good note with God, yeah. like how which I don't always your... do, but oh, yeah. yeah, definitely I don't always do yeah, that. I need to, but... Definitely bookending your days in good ways is definitely sets your days like the rest of your day for success yes that's yeah absolutely um so and also always being open to discussing hard things with your kids and just discussion generally like kind of kind of another take on what you were just saying with the talk about this from the time you get up to the morning to when you fall in bed at night it's like always being open to discussing things with your children like Mm -hmm. you're always talking about things always learning together Mm mm-hmm yeah. So, um, my biggest thing from this, though, is that you want to give these commandments to your children. Yeah. Right? You want to talk to the, about the Word of God to your kids. Let them talk with you about it, mm-hmm. any questions they might have. Um, in the morning, when we start our school day, we have a weekly devotional, and we have a Bible verse that we learn every week. And I always ask the kids, you know, do you want to talk about anything from this verse? Is there anything that maybe stuck out to you or you just are wondering about and the kids at first didn't want to really respond but they've gotten to the point where now they're more interactive with our bible verses and even with our prayer so when we had originally started i always ask the kids to pray every morning i say who wants to pray and originally i just prayed and i just said you know i hope we have a great day please allow us to have patience allow our brains to be open things like that like to do with the school day but now the kids want to say prayers and so now that they see me doing it they are wanting to do it in turn. Obviously, it doesn't look like mine because they're they're four years old and they're eight years old and they're praying to win softball games and praying that they don't fall and hurt their knee, you know. But seeing me as an example of praying sets them up to see, oh, well, mommy's doing it and it's helpful for her. So maybe it would be good if I did it as well. All right, the fourth verse we're going to go over is Proverbs 3. One through eight, and I want to preface this by saying that my youth pastor in middle school like drilled verses five through eight 
uh, into my brain. That's like one of the few verses that I can quote mm. verbatim from like memory yeah. off the top of my head. Mm. So, and I, and I think it's a good one to know yeah. too. So, but we're going to start at the beginning here. So verse one, and this is the NIV translation. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commandments in your heart. For this, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of, of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. And the message translation says, Good friend, don't forget all I've taught you. Take to heart my commands. They'll help you live a long, long time, a long life lived full and well. Don't lose your grip on love and loyalty. Tie them around your neck. Carve their initials on your heart. Earn a reputation for living well in God's eyes and the eyes of the people. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. and Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God. Run from evil. Your body will glow with health. Your very bones will vibrate with life. So my first takeaway from this verse is probably the same verse that everyone knows. Like Jake, lean not on your own understanding. Mm -hmm. Um, Pretty much means that Mm -hmm. when we're having difficult times, we need to quit worrying about it ourselves and go to God, which is... Mm -hmm something that I know a lot of people struggle with because I struggle with that every day. Yeah. Um, and it's a it's a good thing that we can teach our children in that if something's going on and they don't know how to handle it, they can pray to God mm-hmm. and He can be there for them. Yeah, and trust that he, can, he knows how to handle the situation. Maybe you don't know how to handle the situation, but you need to trust that God knows mm-hmm. and lean on Him for guidance. Um, like today when we were saying our morning prayers, Piper... Or we were talking about our Bible verse, and it's about it was about the Ten Commandments. So we were learning right. about the Ten Commandments, and I can't remember which one she was referencing, but Piper, Piper said, it's kind of like how if we're scared and there's a storm outside, we can pray to God and He'll put His arms around us. So it's kind of like that how her in her four year old mind she may not understand why there's a storm outside, but she knows that God understands and that He's going to protect her. Yeah. So if we can stop worrying so much about things ourselves. And let it's like that saying, let go and let God. So if we can let go of things and let God intervene into our lives, send us the Holy Spirit and things like that, then we will be better for it. And our children can be too. And that's a really, I think that's a really great verse to teach our children, especially if they maybe struggle with anxiety, fear of the unknown, fear of change, that we can lean not on what we know and trust that God has our backs, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, even in the beginning, and this is probably, I know a lot of people in this day and age struggle with anxiety, mm-hmm. and you could almost translate verses 1 and 2 of, don't forget, or where it says, uh, keep my commandments in your heart, for they'll prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Like, if you just, like McKenna said, let go and let God, like, it can wash away a lot of that anxiety from you if you just... Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So this is a very, very well-known verse, I think. And I think there's a lot of different parts of it that you can take and apply to your life as a parent and also to pass on 
to your kids. Also, verse 3 says, Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. So, another good teaching point or parenting strategy, let love and faithfulness never leave you. So, maybe when we don't feel so loved or maybe when our kids are struggling with body image issues or fear that they are losing a friend or fear of not feeling like they're the most pretty or the best athlete or whatever, we can remind them that God loves us no matter what and that he tells us this in the Bible. Let love never leave you because it's from God. And we can, once again, lean not on our understanding and trust that he will, if he brings us to it, he will bring us through it. A lot of, I'm bringing in a lot of old-fashioned Bible puns right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, definitely this verse can bring us a lot of peace and comfort when we don't know what's going on, especially as parents. Sometimes we struggle if we, if struggle knowing if we're doing the right thing or struggle thinking, oh, I'm such a bad parent. I'm such a bad parent. But God knows everything that's going to happen and knows how our kids are going to turn out. And hopefully they're going to turn out okay if we lean on God. Okay, and our last Bible verse for um, our podcast today is not necessarily one that teaches us a ton of parenting advice, but I thought we thought it would just be a good ending Bible verse to end with. And yeah. it comes from Psalm 127, verses 3 through 5, and the NIV version says, Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from Him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. And the message reads, Don't you see that children are God's best gift? The fruit of the womb, his generous legacy? Like a warrior's fistful of arrows are the children of a vigorous youth. Oh, how blessed are you parents with your quivers full of children. Your enemies don't stand a chance against you. You'll sweep them right off your doorstep. So... One, I just have to throw this out there because this verse kind of makes me chuckle as a mom of many. Yes. That um, blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. And I would say our quiver is full of lots of children. Yeah. So it makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah. I'm sure it's not intended for large families, but yeah. it made me yeah, it, it makes make me happy like, when I think about that. Yeah. Sure. But what we think that this the main thing that we can glean from this verse is that the first verse, verse three Children are a heritage from the Lord. Pretty much meaning that the way that we parent will impact the future generations to come. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're raising future generations. How we, as a collective group of parents, me, you, your brothers and sisters, cousins, friends, that's impacting how the next generation are going to treat each other mm -hmm. and function in society and yeah like, I mean, even possibly parent i mean your kids may be parents they may not i mean yeah. we don't know but the way that we parent directly is going to impact the future generations and that is something that we cannot take lightly yeah as a generation of parents so um yeah that we thought that would be a good ending point that yeah. everything that we do is impacting the future yeah. of our world and we want to leave it yeah. a better place, better place than we, so, than we got it, really. Yeah, how we discipline them, how we love them, how they see us treat other people, 
how they see the how us how how they see us treat the unequal to us or the unworthy but what society would call the unworthy the homeless the elderly the uneducated you know mm-hmm. all kinds of things like that however we treat others our kids are seeing that yeah, and how we treat the people that are minorities how pe- how how people that hurt us and that people the the people that hurt us that we maybe don't care for so much, but the way that we still treat them, our kids are listening to that, and they're hearing how we talk about each other. They're hearing how we talk about our spouse. Yeah, even, yeah. They're hearing how we talk to each other. They're hearing how we respond to other adults, how we talk to our parents. Mm -hmm. So all of those things that go go together to really make us think about how we as parents are impacting our future world and how we want to leave it a better place than how we got it. Yeah. So I think we're going to. And that's going to be it. Yeah. I think that was a good note to end on. That was a yeah. good little yeah. statement. I'm not going to keep going. It's like a preacher if they just keep going. Yeah. You know, like, oh, stop right there. Yeah, stop right there. Wrap, wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> so we hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Um, we are coming back with bi weekly right now. Yeah, bi weekly right now. Um, podcast launches every Monday, every other Monday morning. So we hope that you'll subscribe to our podcast. And um, share it. Share it with a friend. Maybe yeah, they maybe need some biblical truth. Any sort of like any friend that's a parent could be. Yeah, but if you if you learned anything, anything yeah. you took and like added to like how you parent, share it with somebody. Yep. And with that, we're gonna sign off. We hope you guys have a wonderful day or night whenever you're listening to this, and we'll see you in the next episode.